WIOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Nappy Tile and Marble, locally owned and family operated in business for more than 20 years with personalized customer service. Imported tile from Italy, Spain, Turkey, and Mexico. Ceramic, porcelain, glass, metal, woodlook, mosaics, natural stone, marble, and specialty tiles. Bath and shower fixtures, electric floor heating systems, and installation by Nappy's in-house team. Nappy Tile and Marble, State Highway 23 in Oneonta. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 607-278-6411. Or nappytileandmarble.com. N-A-P-P-I tileandmarble.com. Rick's Tire Service. Family owned and operated on State Route 30 between Roxbury and Grand Gorge. Tires mounting and wheel balancing for cars, trucks, lawn, garden, farm, and construction vehicles. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Saturday, 8 till noon. More information at 800-LG-TIRES. 800-LG-TIRES. The Delaware County Chamber of Commerce, a catalyst for sustainable economic prosperity in the Catskills, fostering cooperation, forging partnerships, promoting tourism, providing legislative advocacy, and building strong community ties throughout the region. More information at 607-746-2281 or DelawareCounty.org. Hi, I'm Kent Garrett. Get to know the last Negroes at Harvard. There were 18 of us in the Harvard class of 1963. We were born in the 1940s. We have survived Jim Crow, the civil rights struggle, the Vietnam War, the war on drugs, the war on terror, the war on poverty, the age of Obama, and now the age of Trump. Join us on Thursdays at 9 a.m. WIOX Roxbury, community radio in the Catskills at 91.3 FM and on MTC Channel 20 and for the rest of the world at WIOXradio.org or just tell your smart device to play WIOX.
You are listening to WIOX Community Radio live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXradio.org on computers or smartphones and also with the Radio Garden phone app. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan and Zane. Zane, how's it going? Good, good. How are you doing? What are you, I'm all right. What have you been up to? I knew you were going to ask me that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's usually how this show goes. You know, we talk a little bit for a few minutes before we uh, inter- interview Mr. Gary Mead. I've but been yeah. uh, thinking in the mornings whether I should put Long John's on yet. It's getting getting there, the weather. It's getting pretty cold. Your morning's pretty low-key, isn't it? You think, <laughs> you get up in the morning, you're like, I don't know. I don't know, Long John's. Who's got a busy morning? <laughs> I put them on, man. Yeah. Long John's went on. I mean, it was windy today in the near Margaretville. I think it got up to only the mid forties, yeah. right? I don't know. Yeah, Didn't get that warm. The sun came out for a second, and uh, that was nice. But uh, up in a tree, we're climbing around, right? Yep. Gable in a tree, pruning a big pin oak. Pin, pin oak are a big pain in the butt because yeah. you go to throw a branch, and like a horseshoe, it just doesn't want to come out and gets caught and everything, and, and you end up swearing. But what are you going to do? Yeah, the twigs are short. They're very uh, crooked, and they just grab everything. Cloth, yeah. any any type of loop. Your line. Yeah. Uh, not many pin oaks. In fact, this is the only only other pin oak that I know of is in Arkville, in the woods, on the crossroads, that someone planted, and this one, which someone planted. I don't know of any other pin oak in the immediate Roxbury Margerville, Andes area. I don't. No, I know that we used to live in Kingston. There was a beautiful one down in the Rondau. That's a. It was a beautiful tree. But no, I've not seen them up here. No, I have large. There's a few trees that won't grow in this area without it, planting. It, yeah, it will grow though. Well, this no, one was tall. No, no tulips. Yeah, this was proof. Yeah, but you know, you get over the mount hill and get down by you guys. Well, Ryan, it's. I mean, there, Mitch has, yeah. he must have six, eight, in Pine Bush, he must have six, eight pin oaks on this property. Yeah, you really don't get pin oak until you get into the Walk Hill Valley or the Ronda, the deep valleys. Right, yeah. As far as I know of, I don't I don't really have any pin oak near me. You don't? No. I thought they were all through that area. Not really. There's black you know, oaks, there's red oaks, there's, there's catalpas, which have been planted, though, and they spread. They do spread, um... Whether pin oak is planted and spread, I don't know that. You know, I don't know the answer to that. Whether they've been naturalized or not, you know, I need. I need. We need to do a show on pin oak. Pin oak. Yes. Yeah, we you did. Uh, we've done oak, but I don't know if we selected out one particular one. We should maybe next month. Pin oak is like the oak. ugly redheaded stepchild of red oak. It could be such a nice tree, but it's just got all these dead little branches that create like a pin in the wood. Yeah, and um, if you prune them off, it's a nice tree, but it's a lot of labor to prune yeah. them off, and a lot of makes people just nice don't lumber. do it. Yeah, it makes beautiful lumber. All those little uh, pins that come out of all the branches and whatever—they like leave a little. They're tiny little knots, like a bird's eye. Yeah, and you know it's a very sound, very stable lumber. <clears throat> it's, well. It wants to grow everywhere. Uh, it can grow in heavy clay, pin oak, so 
it's one of the few trees that will it'll grow its, in ro- sand. its roots will just punch right through clay yeah yeah i'm going sand. it'll grow anywhere it's yeah. drought resistant but um tonight like every third wednesday we talked to gary Mead, and we're talking about fall foliage 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 or foliage <laughs> <laughs> uh, my whole life, I've always called it foliage. I don't know why. Since foliage. I was in school, and you know, I went out to dinner on Sunday night with a friend of mine, and she says, uh, "It's foliage." When you go on the radio Wednesday, it's foliage. It's not foliage. And well, I mean, there is an eye in there, but there is an eye, and that's what always kind of made me want to do the uh, you know yeah. foliage thing. But you know, foil. But it's foliage, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll so they should, you know, take that eye out, and then I wouldn't have struggle right. so much with, with the pronunciation Can't of it. Take the eye out. You know? But anyway, we had a beautiful, you know, couple of weeks here, and you know, after the dry summer we had, uh, we just. It was up in the air whether we were going to get any color or not. No, that theory's out, you know, because I have written down here. Um, I've talked about full foliage before. Yep. And on here, one of the characteristics is drought, and uh, we had drought. We had drought. And the foliage was still nice. Yep. It was beautiful, actually, in many places. Well, we toured the... We had drought in the middle of the summer, but, you know, toward the end of the summer and early fall, we had a lot of rain. Yeah, but, you know, the real bulk of the growing season was dry. Right. And the only reason why I know for sure is because I couldn't mow my lawn because I was on crutches for eight weeks. And that eight weeks, it did not rain once. No, I know. (laughs) As soon as I had my surgery, it didn't rain. And it was really good because the grass did not grow. No. And I did not need to mow the lawn, it turns out. For that, yeah, I know. It was lucky in that regard. But then the grass started dry up. And I feel like the dogwoods are the first tree to show signs of uh, flowering dogwood, which you don't have up here, but we do have in the lower elevations. The first tree to kind of show signs of stress. Yeah. That tree likes lots of moisture, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've seen some wilting. Yeah. Well, the first good rain we had was four and a half inches, and... Yeah, it was over, I don't know, 28, 32-hour period, and the river wasn't even, you know, it wasn't running brown, but, you know, the the, the mountains are so dry that drank it because it wasn't a, we didn't get four and a half inches in four hours or six hours. It, it, it you know, kind of just rained nice, and the trees, Yeah, that was, you know, I was so happy when I saw that because nature, you know, was taking care of its of its babies. You know, all the trees and all of its its, it's uh, you know wildlife and not only that is is the vegetation and you know it it was just to the point where you know another couple of weeks it would have been devastating. I mean, stuff would have started dying actually. It yeah. Was to the point where you know I saw stretches of you know. The, the the stretches of the forest where the, the the leaves turned brown six eight weeks ago, there were no color in those trees. Yeah, the newly but, planted trees and, and urban trees or street trees that have confined roots. Yeah, they they did get their butts kicked by the drought. But the radiance of the beauty and the I mean the last couple of weeks we we really were blessed with with the colors and you know we've had years that 
you know, been worse. We have years that have been a little bit better, but, you know, I was actually uh, uh, extremely happy that we had such good color, and, you know, it, it's, it just showed... It shows me healthiness of of, of the uh, you know nature and what it provides and you know because uh, two months ago I had phone calls and emails and text messages people worrying about the trees and I just told them don't worry. What were they worrying about that uh, they were going to die? The, that the drought would <clears throat> would not, kill them. Would and that would mean no beautiful foliage. Yeah. Well, not only that is they thought the trees were going to die. You know, when it's kind of what's happening now, you know, we're coming into winter and the trees are feeling the cold and they're shutting down and they're going in dormant. So it doesn't only happen in the fall. It happens if we have too much rain and not enough sun. It also happens when we have not enough rain and a lot of sun. Uh, we don't get the photosynthesis, so, you know, trees can't create food for themselves. Oh, Gary, you just made me think of something. What? You know, how do they know how to fall, you know, what kickstarts fall and senescence and leaves? Is that trees measure the night, supposedly. Right. So the days get shorter. But you just you just made me think of something. So it, was a, it seemed like a late year this year with the foliage. Like, you know, late into October we had right. colors. Mm-hmm. What do we have this summer? We didn't have cloudy days. No, we didn't. I wonder if that had something to do with uh, the trees tracking time, duration of sunlight. I mean, they had plenty of sunlight. They had a lot of sunlight. Didn't have any cloudy yeah. days to offset that. Yeah. That same thing's happened with uh, with deer, you know, when bucks go into rut. Yep. You know, they're also tracking day length or night. And uh, if it's a really cloudy summer and fall, they'll start rutting sooner. So, so the research says. Well, they... Uh who knows? I, I, people I've been talking to, my son Mitch, he watches deer and Eddie Norwick, and they've seen more fighting this year early than hmm. uh, over the past several weeks, and they've seen. and I haven't seen much sign, though. You oh, haven't like, seen the sign? I haven't, I mean, not not too much. Not, I mean, no <coughs> no big rubs or anything. No. Well, Mitch has. He's he's, huh. he's out there, and, and but, you know, he, he, uh, he took. The Norwich kids, uh, Eddie's two kids on Columbus Day weekend, Saturday, took them out because they can hunt with a rifle and, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, his, uh, Eddie's daughter shot a, a nice big buck. and uh, Maybe you know, they're in a good spot. Half of, well, they track them all year long. You know, but, I mean, to but, me, a better barometer is the auto body shops. Right. Right. Yeah, when they start hitting bucks and does running away from bucks, it it right that happens no matter you know that randomly deer. Yeah, Whereas maybe deer your son cars. Mitch and stuff, he goes back to the same good spots, and yeah, maybe he's seeing action. But but I haven't seen many. I haven't noticed any more deer along the road dead yet. And then during the rut, it's well, like Jesus Christ, freaking bucks chasing. <laughs> Mitch is, well, he goes to school and you know he travels from Pine Bush to New Paltz in the morning, and he's seen them out in the fields fighting and. You know, up in New Kingston, he, you know, uh, opened a day of bow season. He was up there, and he saw some bucks fighting out there. And yeah. It was kind of, it seemed like a little bit early for that. But, you know, the one buck that Simone shot was a would have been a nice 10-pointer, but, you yeah. know, one half of its, one side was broke half off. 
Yeah. From I mean, it's almost Halloween, man. That's yeah. the magic time. I mean, we're only we're only eleven days from Halloween. Yep. And, you know, and, from Halloween to mid-November is like. And know, today was was uh, it was it was cold today. That gets them going. Yeah. You know, I think we had twenty-two, twenty-four degrees in Arkville this morning, and I could feel it last night. I I come home from work. Uh, I don't know about eight thirty, and I said, "Oh my God, I got to pick my garden because it's not gonna, it's not gonna be there anymore." So, you know, I'm out there with my headlamp on, finishing harvest and everything I got to bring in. But uh, yeah, it was twenty seven when I walked out to my truck. It felt like it for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the wind today was a little bit on the raw side. Yeah, so early frost and the wind—that's what but knocks the, fo- uh, foliage off the trees. Well, the leaves are. It was like snow and leaves all day today. Yeah. They were just yeah, you know the, and different trees have different schedules and, you know the the ash, I mean they're the last ones to get leaves and, I mean they just turn yellow and fall off. The maples I think are and the oaks actually are, yeah. are the, the most colorful. Maples are fast and furious. They they're, are. They're, they're brilliant so, and then they're gone though. They're so beautiful. They're they, the most beautiful. Yeah, because there's a. But it's hit or miss. You know what I mean? Up, up in New Kingston, where I'm building, I'm looking over. At, I call it Cecil's Mountain because Cecil Sanford is our neighbor, and you know he owned that whole mountain back in the day. And there's a there's a section of that mountain about halfway down that's all soft maple, and it's yeah. it looks it. And I've called it the box of Fruit Loops. It's like looking in a box of Fruit Loops. There's so many different colors, and uh, you know, then you if you ride around now and you see bunches of, of you know sections of the forest that are green, there there are oaks. They yeah. they'll you know they well after last night they're going to start getting rusty colored a little bit and some of them turn this brilliant red. I like them. Yeah, that burgundy kind of color. Oh, it's, it's, nice. it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I like the mixture. Yep, and it, it actually gives us a longer season. But now, uh, walnut, you know, I have some walnut trees around my house, and they didn't like the frost last night at all. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there was like, uh, I have that one by my house that's almost bare already, and, you know. Butternut, I mean, butternut was covering my truck while we were working today. Uh, yeah, when we all pulled, they kept, yeah, just pulled kept. up, the driveway was blanketed in walnut leaves, and they were intact, and they were still green, and they all just fell to the ground yeah. probably that that morning. Yeah, mine turned yellow. They get a little bit of yellow color. But, you know, the maples and, uh, let's see, poplars and... and, and uh, and birches, they're they're the, they they bring in the yellows into view. And, yeah, and I, I don't know, you know, it's something about the, uh, you know, uh, when they're shutting down, they, you know, they don't create photosynthesis, and it just, uh, the, I don't know the scientific thing, but you know, I've watched it for years, and there's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, senescent. <clears throat> so corky material is created. Between you know, the uh, twig and the leaf, yep. causing senescence, and as the the, the trees are supposedly, when I remember in botany class, it's uh, they're measuring the length of night, not necessarily day, length right. of night. Okay, so then you would say, well, why are the Catskills getting early foliage compared to say Kingston, down in elevation? And so yeah, the the length of night matters, but what speeds it up is cold right so that's why our area 
isn't is a little further along than say Kingston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we were. Um, I mean, there's still sections of Kingston that are green, and they're just starting to change yeah. now. Yeah. But the spectacular is our mountains, not around the cities. I don't know, man. I mean, I was down in Ellenville, and some of these planted sugar maples around cemeteries and uh, along the roads are just awesome right now. Yeah. I mean, Ellenville, I have to say, saw some of the nicest sugar maples, much better than in the mountains. For some reason, ours either blew off because of rain, and uh, and theirs weren't ready to come off because if they're further along, the wind will blow them off. Right. Yeah. But if they're, you know, they, they just turn color. Then they'll stay more, and, and maybe for some reason, I, which I don't understand, maybe the drought wasn't as bad down there, or they're just healthier trees being in a, in a wide open space in these cemeteries, not next to the road per se. Mm-hmm. Freaking fiery gold, you know, just lighting up things, you know? Yeah, I haven't been down there, so I... That, that I, was nice. The, the best place I saw in the mountains was Winnesook Lake on Frost Valley Road. That was amazing. I mean, the colors there were really nice. That's at 2,700 feet or so. Mm-hmm. And the beach were even nice. So the beach were gold, and the maple sugar maples were gold, and the red maples were red, and uh, so that to me took the cake for it. Yeah, my sugar maple at nine hundred feet. For some reason, they didn't really turn that golden color this year. They, they were, they were kind of brownish. They were drab. They were they turned yellow, but they didn't. They weren't fire. You know that that really brilliant like where it's so gold that it almost like makes the landscape next to it lighter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah. So I don't know. But the red maple in front of my house always always has good foliage. It's the, yeah. one of the ugliest trees. <laughs> like it looks like it's hurting, but man, that tree every single leaf turns brilliant red. They can get almost like a pink. It seems like yeah, they, red maple yeah, and in the right light. Yeah, there's so many different variations of them, and they're beautiful. Yeah, they're absolutely gorgeous. And you know, I uh, uh, what the heck was I just thinking about? There was a oh, the apple trees. <clears throat> they don't get much color. Yeah, I mean they most of the time the apple trees, the leaves, what kind of as long as the apples are on there, they they hold on. But the early if they're healthy. They'll be the last tree to stop being green, really. Right, they're pretty much because they hold their, especially the the, uh, the the winter apple. But this is the first time in over fifty years. I'm I'm not. There's no apples. I'm not going to get them. And I have. I had a, you know, I was driving around over the past six weeks, and I was documenting. You know, I don't have a GPS. I just write stuff down in my notebook in the truck. And, you know, I, that's how I gather apples. And, you know, when there's not many. And But this year I said, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to leave them for the deer. Because I, I did an inventory of my juice and my apple cider vinegar. I got enough for two to three years without, without a problem. So right. I'm, I'm leaving them out there for the deer this year. Because there's so few of it. Really, not and, many at all. And the animals, there's so few that it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to rob them of of a chance because they they use it for survival. I I use it as a staple basically, and you know I have enough, so I'm not going to get greedy and run out. But it's almost weird that you know over 50 years, every year I went to the cider mill, and this year I'm I'm not doing it. So uh, that tree by my house, I keep thinking that last year I. You lent me your little 
you know, hand grinder. Yeah. And I probably have two bags of apples on that. I mean, I don't know why that tree did so good. I didn't water it, and it just I just let it go, whatever it does. But, you know, there's probably two bushels of apples on that little tree. And, you know, I've been taking them in and eating them, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're falling off now. And, and But, geez, you know, just to uh, get my fix, maybe I should get that from Ryan and, and just hand crank some and get a couple gallons. But... Somebody told me in the store they're selling for seven dollars a gallon apple cider now. Wow! Yeah, and that's just like surprised not more to be honest. Oh my God! Yeah, it's not good. Sure, it's uh, not maybe a I don't know is that a half gallon maybe or I don't know it's more than that. Yeah, I mean it's usually pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know I have organic apple juice and people always tell me oh, you should sell it. You know it's it's. Well, it's all from wild apples. They're just, uh, you know, and but I do it for my health. I don't do it for money. Once in a while, you just got to draw the line between health and money, and, you know, I don't have the energy to, to sell it. And then once you sell it, you got to get, that's just so much work and and taxes and blah, blah. I just drink it. I don't know if there'd be a tax on that <laughs> I farm don't know product. Either. But if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., and tonight's topic is fall foliage with Gary Mead. Foil.
Okay. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic. And tonight, we're talking about fall foliage with Gary Mead. So, you know, there's a light spectrum that causes all this leaf color. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Leaves are green because they because green is not absorbed by the leaf. It's reflected or passes through the leaf. So as this chlorophyll kind of uh, rots away, for lack of a better term, it reveals other other colors, right? Right, Zane? Yeah. Yeah, all these di- other types of pigments. So uh, color doesn't, you know, it doesn't change with the fall. It's just revealed more. That's one of the interesting parts about it. So you got, you know, about three different ones going on. You got carotenes and xanthophils and anthocyanins. And carotenes and xanthophils are, which are similar, carotenes are similar to vitamin A. That's your orange and yellows. Mm -hmm. And that's like the color in pumpkins and carrots, yellow and orange leaves. Then xanthophils, also yellow pigment. Uh, Dandelion, sunflowers, corn, egg yolks, and yellow leaves. And sometimes find it in or i think carotenoids you can sometimes find it in milk no kid yeah i did not know really, that uh, like high quality milk sometimes i guess you can get it's a little orange color to it anthocyanins are blue red and violet pigment and if the plant cell fluid is acidic then red so if it's basic then blue if tannic then brown like that would be in beech for example and many oaks have very a lot of tannins so and then flavones I guess I'm saying that right. That's yellow, which is in sumac, ash, horse chestnut, onions. So sumac's an underappreciated for fall color, I think. I got sumacs right outside my window. Um, I think they're beautiful. They've went through all sorts of colors. Um, it's like a purplish and reddish and purple and yellow. Yeah, very deep. They can get just as many colors as sugar maple. Yeah, pears get red. My pear trees are turning red. I think a uh, undervalued tree is sassafras. Mm. It is just like sugar maple. It turns a beautiful golden yellow color. And you can plant it pretty close to the house without endangering Yeah, your we don't house. have them over on, in this no. part of the woods. But, you know, I want to put them up on my property. Mitch has a bunch down by him. Sassafras? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And I have some hollow, you know, they, you know, they were young trees that got shaded out, and they got hollow and tipped over and... You know, I when he first bought the place ten years ago, I went down and and I went out in the woods and you know, hauled them in and brought them back to the shop and I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with them, but I'll, uh, I'll do something someday with them. But it's sassafras, and that's it. it just I love saying that word. It's sassafras. <laughs> it's such. It's almost musical. <laughs> yeah. And 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 when he had one on his property, I was. I was so glad he bought the property because I finally got to see because I've I've never seen really a sassafras tree that was alive. I've just read about them and done seen pictures and and if I drove by one down there, I didn't know what the heck it was. But now I can identify them because I've actually handled them and see the leaves and yeah. the structure. But they they not they're 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 not shade tolerant at all. They they need sunlight. They need sunlight. They need fire. They need cutting. They need all that. Yep. But anyway, they're and they do. They're they're very beautiful. Cause uh, I'm going down to Mitch's here in a week or so, and 
you know, he said the colors are just peeking down by him. So, you know, I, I'll be able to get a second uh, second uh, show of display of beautiful colors. Where's he? Right. Yeah, go ahead. Where's down he? in Gardner. Gardner, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pine Bush, Gardner, that whole area. What's really cool about this area, you know, is that you can cover elevation pretty fast, you know. Yeah. Kingston's about a couple hundred feet, and here in Roxbury at the studio, it's about 1,400 feet or so. And then in Claryville, you know, it's about 20, 2,300 feet. So, you know, Claryville's been done for a while. Margaretville's <coughs> just about. But, you know, if you want to see the foliage, you just go downhill a little bit. Right. Extend yeah. the season, you know. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I wonder what New York City's looking like now. It's probably, I mean, in the in the park, those trees must be just uh, about changing now. And you know, everybody runs up here for the, you know, last weekend was probably peak here. But, you know, when they go back down there, they, they get to see the, you know, around Long Island and that. And they're, they're probably just kind of getting the peak now. But they have a lot of... Um, acidy woods down there like the oaks and and uh walnut and whatnot but they uh they're late changing anyway so yeah. i mean you can go down there probably mid-november and the oak trees are just pretty much turning uh they're kind of reddish uh, burgundy color and they're beautiful they have a lot of white oak out too that's a white only, oak's nice that's the only thing I like yeah. about Long Island, tell you the truth, is they have so many white oaks down there. It just, you know, I just, you know, when I do go there, all I do is I run around and look at the trees because it keeps, keeps my sanity. <laughs> if, you know, basically the road, the, the cars on the road, all the different colors are, are, are not as intriguing as, you know, the colors of the beautiful mountains and, they got you nice, know, o- nice oak trees in general down there. I mean, some of these red oaks are just—they're they're big. They're as big as a house. They're just the crown. You yeah, know? and there's—they're so. I mean, they—they they just love growing there, and they do so well. And you know, I was just—I didn't realize how many white oaks grew down there until you know, I, I spent some time a couple of years ago down in the you know different neighborhoods and. You know, I walked around the property and said, oh, I can't believe, you know, it's like a, I, I, white oak is a p- premier wood. It, it actually, uh, it, it's it's surpassing walnut. I mean, uh, here it's high right now, right? It's super high. It's, That's amazing. It's, well, it's been over harvested for one and, you know, the barrel makers, <clears throat> whiskey barrels, once, one time, I would, I, you know, I would, I would rephrase. In my opinion, not saying over harvest, I would say it's been undermanaged. Undermanaged, okay. Because it's, it needs fires, it needs disturbance, it needs cutting, and well, you know, I was reading a symposium from the early two thousands. I think it was in Arkansas, for Christ's sake, and they were complaining about their oak trees going downhill, declining, and it wasn't because of acid rain or climate change. It right. was just because, well, they just weren't burning as they didn't much. They take care of them the way yeah. they should. Yeah. But, so you know, white oak and white oak of the oak trees of our three major oak trees, chestnut oak, white oak, and red oak. It's second. You know, usually the chestnut oak are the first to kind of die off because they yeah. need a lot of light, mm-hmm. and then white oak, and then red oaks the most shade tolerant of the oaks. And to this day, that's why we have a lot of red oak in the, in these in the mountains compared to those latter two. 
Well, three months ago, who was that guy you had on that was uh, from Connecticut or somewhere? And what's his name? What was the show about? I listened. It was all about you know uh, managing our forests and how they're. You know, loggers are, have a you know really bad name and oh that was uh that you, was um yeah Bob Williams from New Jersey oh Forrester I'm on I I I I I, I, I tuned the show in now I you know 15 minutes into it and then you know I I uh, I just keep listening to it he has so much on the ball and you know he if people just listen to what he was talking about, we wouldn't have these problems that we have. And he's one of these guys that's just a, got a lot of energy. It's the whole thing that that really gets and you know gets me is is that uh, you know people complain about stuff they have they have no knowledge about, and it, it's just like I mean you should back up some of the, the you know. You know, loggers are just bad people in some people's eyes because they don't understand them. They're like one of the biggest assets we have. And, you know, they've been shut down and put down and, you know, like the farmers. I mean, I, I don't get that whole thing either. But we're talking about foliage tonight. Well, Bob Williams, one of these guys, he has an incredible amount of energy. He's in New Jersey. And um, he's, we're not much better, but uh, they face a lot of uh, difficulties in managing their forests because it's you know it's, it's it's filled with a lot of people who but he don't live off the land as much and 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 uh, but have strong opinions and that's right. unfortunate. But they they're ignorant about what they're strongly opinionated about. Yeah, and that doesn't makes their opinion not very valuable. Some <laughs> species uh, thrive off disturbance, you know, historically, yeah. and uh, since we've removed a lot of those disturbances. We have to enact kind of controlled disturbances through right, yeah. uh, forest management, and that's where the loggers come in. They do the work. Yeah, well, if you are tuning in, we're talking about fall foliage tonight and from the forest. I just wanted to briefly mention <coughs> colors out there. You know, the yellows, if you're seeing yellow, it's, you know, it's mostly ash, basswood, yellow birch or black birch, both of those. Beach, you know, beach is hit or miss. Sometimes beach can be really good, and sometimes just like, eh, just brown. Butternut. Well, beach, some beach yeah. turn purple. Some beach turn purple. That yeah. might be copper beach. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think American beach turned purple ever. I've never seen ever. a purple beach. Well, Besides we have. Beach. Well, I birch on my property, and they they turn you know like uh, reddish purplish. Hmm. Okay. So and they 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 have the bark disease up there. Yeah. And, but anyway, uh, walnut they turn yellow. They turn yellow. A lot of trees do really. Um, willow, box elder, mountain maple, which we don't have too many of. Uh, silver maple, striped maple, and sugar maple. Mountain but, ash they turn yellow. Mountain ash. Yep. That's on top of you know mountains and you know cliff faces where you find those mostly. Yeah. The reds aren't as much. There's oaks. White oak, to me, is my favorite. turns that burgundy kind of dark red. Yeah. Uh, some maples, like like red maple. Sumac. Tupelos. Black gum. Black gum's a great tree. I, mm-hmm. I have that near my house, and on the Shangam Ridge, you'll find it. That tree has really nice foliage. Yeah. Catalpa turns yellow. Catalpa turns yellow, yeah. Yeah. And there's, those leaves are awesome. They're huge. I don't know. I'm... I'm I, I just love catalpa trees. The bean tree, 
I, uh, until I did this show, I, I always called them the bean tree. I didn't know they were catalpa. Oh, um, yeah. Or cigar, well, actually, it was cigar before, tree, right? Before too. the show. I, I probably had the mill, I don't know, six years, and a sawmill, and somebody come in, and they said, oh, you know, we're duck carvers, and you have catalpa. I said, the hell is catalpa? And they said, you know, it's a tree with the big beans on it. And I said, oh, it's a bean tree. I said, no, I have, we don't, they don't grow on this side. Yeah. Of the mountain, and and unless they're planted, but I mean, on thirty, uh, and Kelly Corners, there's one of the biggest ones I've ever seen on a lawn yeah. there. There's one on Cemetery Road. There's one on Cemetery Road. Yeah, there's a few actually, but they're planted. And one's an escape actually. One probably escaped, and it's been naturalized in the area. Right. But uh, yeah. I know, I walked by it a million times, and one day, I'm walking by, and I'm like, there's a freaking catalpa the tree right there. And I'm like, how many, that's when you freak out, because you walk past something a million times, you're like, what the hell else am I not seeing? Well, that's on the, that's, as you're coming out of Margaretville, going up Cemetery Road on the right. Yeah, you're right, in that horseshoe kind of no man's land. Yeah, because I I know right where they are. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of them in there. There's a yellow poplar there, too. Not in that area, but just up the road, on the side of the road by someone's house, yep. there's a yellow poplar. What the heck? That's someone planted that, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I never never knew that either. But So the reds, and then some trees, just to confuse you, are red and yellow. I remember I was in Pennsylvania once, and uh, you know, red maple usually turns red, you know? Right, yeah. But I'm in... Pennsylvania on the other side of the river and they're turning yellow. I'm like, what the heck? Is this a Pennsylvania thing or I don't know. <laughs> so but sugar maple can turn red and yellow. Dogwood, sweet gum, pepperidge, which is also black gum. Sourwood, we don't have those. Well but yeah. Pink also. The, pink. They, they, some of the, the the red maples turn very they're pink. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Actually, quite a few. Fuchsia? Fuchsia. Nice. Fuchsia. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. it's like a yeah. vibrant pink. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if you're just tuning in, listen to From the Forest every Wednesday, and tonight's topic is Fall Foliage with Gary Mead.
if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic. Every third Wednesday, we talk to Gary Mead from uh, Gary Mead Gallery, and tonight's topic is fall foliage. So, you know, what conditions create the best foliage? And this is what people talk about um, all the time, or during this time of year. Temperature, sunlight, soil moisture. Although i got to say, I don't think soil moisture is as important as the first two, temperature and sunlight. So it, you don't want frost nights. You don't want frosty nights. You want almost frost to right. slow it down. Cool nights. Yeah, you get frost, the leaves start turning off and just falling off. You don't want windy and rainy days. Nights, days. Um, that just... That just blows them off. So that's what happened to us. We had great foliage and had that wind and rain, and, and that was it. Yeah. That's the problem with, with maples, that the, the leaves do fall off pretty fast. Yeah. Um, other trees like oak tend to hold them on a little longer, but that's what happened. So I was, uh, oh, I did some research years ago about, uh, you know, soil and topsoil, basically. And every year, our trees, when they drop their leaves, we get one-sixteenth, when it mulches down, basically, we get about a sixteenth of an inch of topsoil. So every 16 years, we get an inch of topsoil, which is, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know, that's in our, you know, in our forests and, uh, you know, heavily wooded areas. You know, it's not going to happen on your lawn, but. You know, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, this pile that's like two foot deep will mulch yeah. down to a sixteenth of an inch. I believe it. I was um, was at this old school from the 18, late 1800s or early 1900s in Westchester. And I think whoever they bought it from didn't cut the trees either. So it was never cleared really for right. farms. And if it was a long time ago or briefly. And um, so the topsoil was probably there intact. That was such rich black oh, soil, and you could tell it's kind of just you know from leaves breaking down. Tons of oak oak trees everywhere. But then on, cool. the, on another note, uh, when the leaves fall on the ground, you have this you know one to two foot pile of leaves. You know, snow comes down and packs it down to maybe you know the uh, you know a heavy snow pack it down to six or eight inches, but it's an insulator. It insulates the roots from from the frost going deep. And yeah, you know, even if we don't get snow, uh, where there's a lot of leaves on the forest, frost still doesn't get in the ground. You can, you know, any time during the winter, and uh, you can go into the forest if we have if we've had an early snow and you know there's leaves down, you can dig through the snow and go under the leaves and you know dig with a shovel and 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 plant a seed it's not frozen and you know um, a lot of people have this mindset as soon as it gets cold out the the ground freezes well where it's uncovered it'll freeze yeah Our parking lots parking roads. lots roads and then they throw salt on them and it drives the frost even deeper remember uh, what was it 2010 when we had three days in a row got down to negative 30s Negative 30, three days in a row in Arkville. And Were we? I remember Bun and Cone. Remember how deep it went? They had, they had frozen pipes. It was over seven feet. Seven feet. Because Hubble's dig, dug that up and it went yeah. over seven feet and that frost was in the ground. Oh, man. But that seven. was. Seven. That's crazy. Well, that was. We had three weeks where it never went above freezing. 
and you know the bank parking lot the bank all there and and you know uh, they were all we had big trouble that year everybody was freezing up their sewers were freezing their yeah. water lines yeah. were freezing and and you know uh, uh it was it was uh but that's just it you know when and that's what drives a i mean if if you just had a road that you didn't you know a dirt road and you didn't throw salt and all that stuff on it the frost might have went four or five feet but when you start throwing if that right when you start throwing a, a frost or a salt on something it just drives the frost deeper it thaws yeah. the top out but the, it makes it colder because you know i learned that from making ice cream back on the farm you know we threw water you know salt on the ice to make it colder and when I, I first learned that, I said, oh, all you're doing is melting the ice. And they said, no, we're actually making the ice colder. Yeah. It makes a uh, cold, wet blanket, <laughs> yeah, basically, it right? Yeah, yeah. It lowers the, no airspace. lowers right. the freezing temperature. So when that ice gets on, or when the salt goes on the ice, it creates like this thin solution, you know. And yeah. it uh, takes colder temperatures for it to freeze. So, so yeah, I believe that. You know, I'm, uh, I use leaves for mulch. I put them in my garden. I, I, uh, the silliest thing for me is to, you know, pack leaves up in plastic bags and bring them to a dump. I mean, that's yeah. like, what, <laughs> what's wrong with these people? <laughs> but yeah. it's it's like they haven't been educated it, about it. It's you know like I mean? it's litter. It's not supposed to be there. It isn't litter. Yeah, it's it's, one, I mean, it's one thing if you're in a if you're in a city and it gets blockaded around your right. house or in the suburbs. But yeah, if you got land. Yeah, there's no reason to do that. Let it be. No I mean, you know, take a leaf blower, and if you want your lawn, you know, it's actually good for the lawn to let that little becomes bit an obsession. Come be. on, it's like the guy who mows his lawn in May, uh, and, then, like the, and then the whole road starts mowing. It's like, thanks a lot, buddy. Now we all got to mow our the lawn. Symphony, yeah. You know, good job. And then the, the dandelion more. That's that's a that's a one that really freaks me out. But so anyway, what, what's the color that all? Everybody's killing them. Kill, kill, kill. What's what's the color that all uh, foliage turns into at the end? Brown. Brown. Yeah. Everything turns brown. Everything turns brown. Why is that, Zane? The tannins. Yeah, tannins are cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pigment. Can you take leaves off a? pin oak or a rock oak and and use that for your tanning and for tanning of, leather yeah as far as i i don't think so uh i don't think it'd be concentrated enough mm-hmm. but I, i'd have to check but the, you know back in the day they would use the galls oak galls for tanning isn't that crazy the insect galls yeah that nuts huh. Yeah. huh but mainly it's bark you know, right? And think about it. Tannins are like antiseptic, and they protect the tree. And it makes sense that the bark would have the most tannin, the most tannin in volume. Yeah. So basically, the trees that have that are hemlock and oak. Yeah. And the ones like that. Well, I read this uh, thing a few years back that when a uh, when we were doing oaks, actually on the radio show, if you know a, a white oak forest or red oak forest is getting you know invaded by something, they kind of communicate through the roots and they take the tannin and that they have and they put it into the leaves to keep the insects from from eating them they, it's yeah i mean 
But trees have natural chemicals. That's pretty mm-hmm. ingenious. Uh, insecticides. Yeah, it's a natural insecticide. Absolutely. And uh, anyway, some, some, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some entomologists actually um, they theorize that the more the more vibrant trees in the fall uh, actually discourage insects because they they see them as being healthy. So they actually go after the ones that are more drab, less vigorous. Those ones are easier to attack. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It could be true. Well, that's all the time we have him from the forest tonight, believe it or not. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming on, Gary. Yeah, you're welcome. Good night, everyone. All right, guys. Have a good night. Peace, everybody. And the old man came home from the forest. His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. And faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway, and the bottle was his friend. And the old man stumbled in from the forest. Up a dark and dingy staircase, the old man made his way. His ragged coat around him as upon his cot he lay And he wondered how it happened that he'd ended up this way Getting lost like a fool in the forest And as he lay there sleeping, a vision did appear WIOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. Sweet Pea Supply Company in the hamlet of Halkettsville for fresh-made baked goods, prepared dishes, and Jane's ice cream. A general store with an international selection of chocolates, condiments, and gifts. Open Thursday through Monday, 11 to 7. Sweet Pea Supply Company, Bragg Hollow Road, Halkettsville. 607-326-6776. 607-326-6776. Weekly specials posted at sweetpeasupplyco.com. Diamond Hollow Books on Main Street and Andes for secondhand vintage and new books. Specializing in literature, the arts, Dante, mycology, and Emily Dickinson. Children's books and stationery. And Diamond Hollow also purchases used books. Open Thursday through Sunday, 10 to 5, by appointment or anytime the front door is open. Upstairs at 72 Main Street, Andes. Readings, book signings, and event schedule at diamondhollowbooks.com. Home Goods of Margaretville, corner of Main and Bridge Streets in Margaretville, New York. Now carrying spices, flour, jams, mustards, coffee and tea, organic vegetables and fruits, and local eggs, milk, cheese, and baked goods. And, of course, cooking basics and tools of the trade for everyone at home. Home Goods of Margaretville. Open every day, 845-586-4177 or hgom.net. This is Dan O'Connell, host of Monday Morning Music on WIOX Roxbury. As a WIOX spokesperson, I also manage underwriting for the station, and I'm here to let you know that underwriting on WIOX is a great way to support the station and inform the community about your business or service. If you'd like to become an underwriter, contact me for details at 607-326-3900 or WIOX at WIOXradio.org.